What a beauty! G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Lechdog and I am joined today on this, it's early Monday evening, by Patch. Patch, how are you? I am, uh, I'm good, Lechdog. I'm alright. How are you, my good friend? How are you? Um, still dying from the flu, so get your flu shots if you're out there. I didn't this year and I am legally deceased, so it might not be a whole lot of talking from me this podcast and certainly you'll have to excuse my nasally uh hum um, anyway i've been i've um, been selected i've been i've been picked back in the side this week um do you want to talk talk through the decision as, as chairman of selectors i feel like it's a it's an interesting situation you put up a, a long thread on the uh the old twitter bots uh last week addressing the situation um bit of lack of clarity for some members of the the side over who was playing where do you want to do you want to address look we don't need to get we don't need to get really too into this but I'll, I'll say this look as the chairman of selectors head of podcast recruitment and development at jockreynolds.com.au look it's my job to make sure that we've got the best people in in the best positions that they can uh, they they could fill to succeed. So I want everyone to grow. I want everyone, I want everyone to put out a good display each and every week and, and patch honestly uh, last week. And you know, me, you and I have spoken about this plenty of times. There's been enough technical difficulties. There's a few lessons, a few learnings that you, you've still got ahead of you. And as I've said, you're a legend of the sport. You're a legend of the pod. Uh, you bring fantastic stuff to the table, but occasionally Occasionally, someone puts a hand up, and Tim Mitchell did that last week. He put his hand up. He gave us some inside goss ahead of the DPPs that came out this week, and that's a string that you just haven't quite added to your bow yet, Patch. Look, I'm, I'm working on it, and I know the technical difficulty thing has been a, a bit of a challenge. Oh, been a bit of a bit of a challenge, but we're 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 getting there. We're slowly slowly getting there. And I had fun on the mailbag pod. So if you're not if you're not getting around the mailbag pod each and every week, um, get around it. Even if I'm not on it, it's real good. Damo well, and Clarky are very good. Yeah. You took it grace, grace, graciously and gracefully. And honestly, I mean, the implication from me is that this is the better of the two pods. But if you actually listen to the content of them, you know that that's not true at all. So I've, if anything, I've probably promoted you sent you to the mailbag pod and you've absolutely delivered gold with the lads. And uh, I think you might've given Clarky a hernia. He was laughing so much. There was, there was a bit of giggling, um, but the, uh, the guests they've on, got on this week, I don't think I'm allowed to, to say who it is just yet, but uh, it's, it's a big guest. So I was rightfully demoted back here. Anyway, we're not, we're not here to talk about us, but we are kind of, because we're now going to talk about our good things and bad things before we get into some detail. But thank you for, for, for just explaining the situation to our, to our wonderful listeners. No, that's all right. Well, as you said, let's start with the good and the bad. See, we're already gelling. There's already back and forth. You and me, 
Smooth transitions. Uh, my good thing for the week patch is, can I say two? Because Damo's not here this week. I just want to say two. Yeah, okay. You can say two good things and I'll t- say two bad things. Okay. Uh, one is Co- Connor Rosie, as you predicted, turned up against Essendon and I have him in my forward line. I got him about $300,000 and he's been averaging okay since then. Uh, but the, the, the other thing is, and this is going to 100% backfire moving forward. Like 100%, this will backfire oh, on me. We love that. We love that. But I traded in. I had planned to trade in Nick Blakey last week. It, it was sort of all locked in. I'm Denard, called you on the Friday, was like, am I going to do this? He said, yep, let's do it. I said, good, that's the confirmation I needed. Laid out. I panicked. I pivoted. I, sele- I bought in Jake Lloyd for the first time, I think, ever. I've never and I've never owned at Jake Lloyd in defense. He always has broken the 550K rule. Traded him in, and he scored 101 points. Blakey wasn't in the team, I'll admit, but he did score 101 points, and I have him. And moving forward, I'm sure he's going to be fantastic and never score badly again. Yep, never again. It's simply not happening. Um, it's not happening at all. Um, no, He's a gun. He probably goes back to 120 plus a week. Exactly. The seagull is he's back in form now and you picking him has, is what sparked that. And uh, no doubt we can speak about whether or not he's a viable option for uh, other normal people later in the podcast. My good thing, it's oh, we've, we've had it quite a lot this season, but uh, Lachlan Neal, um, quite good, quite good. And I'm glad that I nailed him as a VC captaincy selection option. Um, that was a nice little pat on the back moment for me. And um, yeah, well, well done to him for scoring lots of points. Those people that had Tom Stewart, shout out to them. Uh, he would be their good thing this week. I just want to give him credit. I don't have him because I'm an idiot and I'm bad at Supercoach, but uh, the people that did have him would be laughing. You know, it's funny. I considered him uh, at, at the last minute because I had the cash to get him and I thought, no, nah, he's over 550K. He's too expensive. I can't bring him in. Well, now he's over 600k. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm. Not ideal. Mm. Not ideal. Um, um, that does bleed let, into my bad thing, though. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, um, let's go there. Yeah. So um, my bad thing was that I nailed the VC choice and then uh, the captaincy was on Jack Carroll, who had not been selected by the Carlton Football Club to play a game of football this weekend. So uh, I went for a hike in a very deserted forest on Sunday and atop the only hill in the area got a message from Damo saying Jack Carroll is the sub and I then had to like um, Lion King my phone in the air trying to get reception so that I could change my captain from uh, from Jack Carroll who was inevitably subbed on and scored 15 points to, uh, to George Hewitt who 118 it's fine not quite 164 though not quite that good so uh my my negative is just the Carlton football club in general um <laughs> real like not normally don't love it as an entity as a thing uh this week particularly uh very negative visceral reaction to seeing that navy blue no that's fair enough uh i thought for a second there that you had kept captain as Carol as captain, and I thought, geez, that's a worry because I you didn't score well, I didn't score much better, and I thought you had captain on Carol. So it's good to know at least your captain outscored my captain, and we're in the same ballpark of badness. 
yes, oh, it's a terrible ballpark. The fences are all falling down. There's no grass. Um, there's like a, a dog just chewing on a tire in the corner. And if it looks at us, I think it will eat us. But we're in the same ballpark. We're in it together. Hey, my bad thing. Quick mm-hmm. one. Mark what? McVeigh. Oh, yeah. I didn't think I'd have an enemy in a GWS coach again so quickly, yet here we are. Deployed Matt DeBoer, not on Lucky Neal, not on Jared Berry or Jared Lyons or Cam Rayner, who was playing very well, but he deployed the tag on Daniel Rich. On who? On the greatest player of all time, Daniel Rich, who has been my pod in my team and he's been just trundling along very nicely. It wasn't till the weekend someone tweeted me about him saying, geez, he's playing well since you traded him in. Oh, and dear. I, And then Mark McVay deploys Matt DeBoer on Daniel Rich and he scores 55 points. So that's my negative. And, and Mark McVay, I have a gr- – gr- bring back the cube, I say. Bring back the Cameron's cube. Oh, geez, we're already calling for the cube's return. And honestly, Lake Dog, I think – like I don't want to exaggerate you know, or be facetious or or be a bit over the top, but Mark McVeigh could well be tried for war crimes <laughs> for for such an act. Like that's honestly yeah. inexcusable, really. Um, in the list of things that I hate in the AFL, it goes Clarko when he was against sleeves, Clarko when he didn't let Fev kick a hundred goals, Mark McVeigh tagging Daniel Rich above like free agency and player movement rules. No, at least, at least those have some sort of logic behind them. Yeah, do they? Some sort of logic behind them. What's the logic behind stopping Daniel Rich denying the fans joy? Gosh, he's a hateful, spite-filled man. Lucky Neil had 39 disposals and kicked two goals. Yeah, but they weren't effective, he says in his most Nathan Buckley-esque voice possible. Yeah, well, guess what? They fucking, Brisbane won the game, so... Anyway, sorry. Anyway, anyway, you said you'd make it quick, and I feel like that was quick, um, all things considered. <laughs> um, I'm going to do Damo's negative, and I'm just going to say the Jack Carroll thing again because it made me really mad, and I'm really annoyed <laughs> by it. So get stuffed, Michael Voss. Get absolutely stuffed. All right, obviously it's the buy, first buy round this week. Wait, what? It is? Oh, God. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to get to that. It's round 12. Uh, So for those who are listening to this but for some reason might not know how the buy works, best 18 scores count for you. They have to be on field. You can't have six on field in defense and a seventh on your bench in defense. You will only get the score from players that are on field. The best 18 scores count. This week, the buy... AK teams not playing. Carlton Football Club, so that's your Crips and your Hewitts. Port Adelaide, that's your Rosies and your Butters. St. Kilda, that's your... Uh, Sinclairs. Greshams and Sinclairs. Essendon, yep. Giants. <laughs> I it's... mean, in our defense, Essendon's had the buy for the last six weeks in a row, so that what's changed? Well, this time it's affecting uh, Supercoach scoring. Previously, they were just giving out random generated numbers. This week, they're not even doing that. GWS, uh, Proust and Ganigliog. Going to have a discussion about Proust, I think, later mm-hmm. on. And mm-hmm. Richmond will also miss. So that's your Jaden Shorts and your Daniel Rioli. So I'm sure everyone has Every single person will team. have Daniel Rioli because you're all normal, well-adjusted listeners who would uh, would follow sensible sage advice that we gave out right after he scored three times in a row and then he stopped being good. Mm. 
If you're looking to uh, worry about this week, aka you're playing for rank, I believe most leagues patch stop during the buyers, don't they? Uh, well, can that yeah, be set up by the leagues? Uh, it can be set up by the leagues. So if your commissioner uh, hates you and hates everything that is pure, then you'll be playing for the next three weeks, um, in which case maybe just target a couple of games and go, right, I'm going to win these two games and forget the other one, um, or just roll with it, just don't really care. Um just make sure you go throw an egg at your commissioner for making you threat mm. play through the buys. Yes, of course. And do it anyway for good sport. It is. Um, Keeps them humble. Yes. <laughs> commissioners, and I am a commissioner of several leagues, they think they're the best because we are. You, uh, better, you better run, egg. <laughs> so if you if your games aren't playing this week, you probably don't need to make trades. If you're playing for ring and stuff, you probably need to continue. But, Patch, of course, the warning we must give is that anyone you trade into your team this week will miss in one of the following two weeks after this round. So you really need to pick and choose who you're looking to target. They, well, um, not necessarily. I've brought in somebody who will uh, not miss in the following two rounds. He'll miss this round. So, ha, checkmate, atheist. <laughs> okay, let's start there, Patch. Yeah, well, I mean, I've brought in Mitch Owens, um, who uh, played his second game and is on the bubble. Um this week after scoring 91 points more than he did in round one in his second game this week. And he scored 89 this week. So that and, tells you how good round one was. And are you upgrading? Like what's, what's Oh, I've, I've done you... a, I've done a downgrade. Uh, I've drawn, gone Joshy Gibkiss down to Mitch Owens because traditionally often, you know, that first week of the buys has been a cash generating, um, maneuver because you know we we've got more trades so we can you know fire away on upgrades next week on these players that are having their buyers this week um so you can you can assemble a war chest and then deploy it next week um and trading somebody who you know is having a buy this week um a rookie like a gibkiss and then if you can swing your nick dacos is back to to defense or you can swing your you know your um Nick Martin's around, um, you can then, or trade a Nick Martin down to a Mitch Owens, you can make bulk cash, and then you're still not adjusting your buy structure. You, you, the player that's already missing, you're trading to a player that is already missing. You know, it doesn't doesn't change anything, doesn't hurt anything. It just gives you a lot of cashola to splashola. Uh, mm. when and nothing bad to... could happen from trading in a, a rookie early, could it? No, no. I mean, he is on the bubble. So, you know, assuming, you know, bold, bold claim yet again, but he, you know, Looks like he'll hold his spot after a very, very good game. Um, you know, comes back in next week, starts generating cash. But yes, there is the inherent risk that, you know, he's walking down, you know, the streets of St. Kilda and a piano falls on him out of an eighth-story window. Um, you always run that risk when you trade a player in early. Uh, for the record, purely for the record, I do not endorse trading in Machido Owens early. Uh, other well, players on the bubble, Patch, yes. there isn't. There, there isn't, there isn't any. No, uh, correct. There are not, um, unless well, there's, there's maybe one. Maybe there's, one. Yes, Luke, Luke Cleary. If he gets named, he was the sub last week. I imagine it's unlikely unless they decide to rest some players going into their buys, uh, their buy round. I think it's unlikely he plays, but he's on the bubble. And then the only other guy to, to discuss is someone who I got completely wrong. I said he could not. I said he'd score 20 this week. Joel Jeffrey scored 93 from, uh, what did I say? It was 13 touches 13 and disposals goal. and a goal. 
which so I didn't watch the game. Maybe they were very good disposals. I'm sure they were. But now at an elevated price of $189,000, if you need players for round 12, is he too expensive, Patch? Break even, negative 77. I mean, look, he he could score negative two and still make bulk cash. So, you know, he's he'll play. They love him. Um, he's quite quite good at football. Um, you know, often that doesn't translate, or sometimes that doesn't translate to the fantasy formats. Um, but obviously, what he's doing, Champion Data are enjoying. Um, and, you know, he's, he's playing a, a vital role in that side. You could do worse, but I suspect it'll be similar to a Mally Roses situation for those of us that brought him in. And, you know, he had a couple of 70s and then a, a 20, and then we'll just kind of fluctuate between, um, you know, probably average about 50. Um, yeah, he'll, yeah, I think he's a fine option. Um, won't make you as much cash, but that's that's the way it's got to be, a little darling. You'll go riding on the horses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, here's a question for you. If we're looking to uh, bring in, like, let's say we're looking to bring in a premium this week. Yes. You're like me. You want to build up your on-field players for this week. Currently, I have 17 players playing, assuming they all get named. Uh, I want to bring in an 18th. Yes. Should I be looking for value slash point scoring potential or as my dog gets up and walks around. Here, boy. Here, boy. Yes, everyone. We have a new dog at the podcast studios. Official sponsor of the podcast, uh, Dog. Um, uh, very his, exciting. His name is Carl, short for Carlton, because it was the only way I was. it was going to get across the line. Um, okay, my it, question... I, he, he's not lying either. It is actually, he's actually called Carl, which... Short for Carlton. Yeah. Uh, very yeah. confusing given we have a cat named Carla. Uh, all right. Uh, so my question, do we focus on a, getting a really good player slash value or do we look at the the buys and go, okay, I'm bringing in a, a player for this round. Does it oh. matter if they have the buy in round 13 or round 14? Like, should I be focusing on let's look in defense i'm looking hold at on, hold on hang on i'm gonna need you to start the question again because i just my brain was like you need to get us like a turtle called carlos and that's the <laughs> only thing i've been able to think of for the last five seconds and i missed the start of your question should i look at i'll use luke mcdonald as an example right yeah he's a value pick he's been scoring well i'm not going to actually bring him in but as an example because he plays both this week and next week is that more value to me him having the round third round fourteen by, or do I bring in like a a Rory Laird, who I know is going to miss next week? Should that play into coaches' decisions for trades this week? Um, well, it depends on your buy structure. If you're well stocked for players next week, um, then bring in Rory Laird because he's going to score more points on the run home for the rest of the season. If you're, you know absolutely stuff next week don't bring in a player who's going to miss next week i think that's um i think i think that's the deciding factor there really um not necessarily the value not necessarily you know any other factors i think it is a case of you know that there are maybe one or two players um who we'll talk about in a moment who you'd be looking to jump right on as soon as possible um but i i don't think there are too many in that situation Yep, I, I, that's fair enough. I agree. Um, before we talk about players to target, 
I just wanted to note a couple of injuries that might affect super coaches out there. Stephen May has gone down for Melbourne. Uh, he'll miss this week with a concussion, at least this week. Um, Christian Salalem is a test, and he was Slalem. a big he was a big pod choice at the start of the year. So he is one to consider for us. Jeremy McGovern from West Coast has gone down. I know a few people have brought him in back injury. Not sure the extent of it today on Monday afternoon. Back injury sounds bad though. It sounds bad. It doesn't um, sound super fantastic. Might have some flow and effect scoring wise to like a Witherden or a, um, I don't know if any other relevant defenders they have. I, does Greg Clark play fullback? Uh, otherwise I don't. He really might have care. to. Um, well, they've got no one else. It's, Dire, like McGovern is, oh, Jesus, so bad for them. It's real bad. They're real bad. At uh, Hawthorne, Jack Scrimshaw has been subbed out again with concussions. Happened a few times now. Well, I think it has. He's been injured quite a bit this year. The follow-on effect is like, is that going to affect Sicily? The answer is no, because Sicily has absolutely dominated this season. He is an absolute beast. What a fool I am for not having him in Mm -hmm. my side. Mm Mm-hmm. Jacob Wiedering for the Blues. This won't affect any super coaches out there, but has missed will miss uh, at least six weeks with an AC injury. Blues season uh, starting to uh, starting to get a little bit shaky, but um, we'll have to see how they line up. We'll see if they have any more defensive roles for guys like Sam Doherty or or Hell George etc. Right for having hope. Should have just yeah. done the Essendon path and just had no hope from right from the start. Set the expectations right down here. And then fail to meet them each and every week. <laughs> you can't make me laugh. I'm gonna die. <laughs> oh, if only, if only I could laugh instead of the tears streaming down my face. Um, Weedering could present us with an indirect option. Um, not that he'd trade them in this week with the buy, but um, next week, if Carlton uh, draft someone in the mid-season draft, like a, a Michael Hartley, and he trots out in sleeves. Uh, Sam Durden, Sam to- Tobe Watson. That's my. I'm really gunning for Tobe Watson just for meme factor. Um, oh, I'd be good. It'd be very good. But uh, yeah, one to keep an eye on there. I think that's the the point of interest. Yeah. Um, yeah. But well, it, that that would require going early on a rookie, which I've been admonished for doing uh, earlier this evening. So I, I cannot recommend it, but. I'm just going to wink at the microphone and hope that translates. Just you, you, hypothetically, wink. You you might be able to wink. Bring bring him in. Let's talk Ruckman. Oh boy. Uh, Braden Pruce apparently doesn't play football for GWS anymore. Uh, and Sam Hayes, he's got the buy this week anyway. Yep. And Sam Hayes also has the buy this week. His break even after a 61 on the weekend is achievable still with 49. Theoretically, he could keep making cash for us, but he has slowed down a little from where he was at the start of the season. Yes. Is this yes. an opportunity to upgrade either one of these guys? And let's be honest, you're probably looking at a Mark Blitzers who has just been given ruck eligibility, uh, Sean Darcy, or, of course, Tim English. They're probably the main ones people are looking at. Well, well or, or J-Rod Wits. Of um, course. I don't consider anyone over 600K as a viable option, but that's just because I'm, uh, you know. A tight ass. Yeah. Yes. No, we know. We're very aware. Um, yes. Oh, absolutely. Because as I 
flagged you know three weeks into the season i i really don't trust the giants and there's no reason nothing that proves that nothing that convinces me that Bruce is going to be first choice for the rest of the year, even though he's averaging 110 super coach points. Um, and, you know, it took me a lot of, a lot of rounds to be proven right, but here I am. Um, not that I'd be crowing about um, such a thing, but proven right. Um, and it gives me very little confidence to keep him in my side, regardless of whether or not I have cover. Um well, you know, and he's, still got, he's still got cash to make, still got points to score. If he'll be doing that in the VFL or the AFL is anyone's guess, because who knows what the Giants are doing with anything and to bring back the cube, I say. Well, I'm, I'm just looking at the stats uh, from the weekend in the VFL. He had 11 disposals, seven kicks, four marks, one, uh, four handballs, one mark, one tackle, and 17 hitouts for 42 Dream Team points. Um, that's not a lot. No, it's not heaps. Was he playing uh, half a game in in like as an emergency? It, or? It, do, it does look like he didn't play full game time, but obviously the it's very difficult to find VF, actual VFL stats. But um, either way, he was. I, I sounds like he wasn't super amazing, but I am just reading the stats. I didn't watch the game. Um, How dare you not watch every state league level game in yeah, preparation for this podcast? God, I- including what are you, the ones, sick? including the ones that don't have AFL affiliates. Because w- w- how could I not watch uh, who's a, who's a Sturt play when they might have a mid season draft prospect? Exactly, exactly. So jumping off Bruce, I think we're both supportive of it, and and Hayes for that matter. Um, yeah, I, I at this stage I'm potentially holding Hayes. Um, I don't think, yeah, I think you're, you're fine to hold him. Um, he'll be nice cover during the buys, um, but yeah, his time's very nearly at an end. And if it suits your side to move him on and to, you know, make that downgrade and, and make some cash for a, a big attack at it next week, then you're not going to hear me disendorsing such a decision. I think if I can, I will hold Pruce over Hayes on the bench um, through the buys. But, you know, because they've got the same break-even, essentially, and one of them is averaging 110 and one of them averaging 70. So, you know, if I can if I can get it to work, I might end up holding Proust through the buys, but fully endorsing an upgrade uh, to, a, to a player who's playing senior football. I mean, Proust might not be, yeah, might not be playing senior football at all either. And Hayes is far more, shockingly, Hayes is far more likely to be playing senior football because Flynn was quite good on the weekend. Not that I watched that game either on account of um, not You're in a forest to... or whatever? Um, I don't think I was in a forest on Saturday. I was very hungover um, on Saturday. So, yeah, but Flynn, Flynn scored 85, was fine, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know, without having any... You know, any knowledge of that game, I'm going to say he was fine. Maybe he holds his spot. Who knows the inner workings of the mind of Mark McVeigh? I don't. I don't trust it. <laughs> um, let's push on. Other players that people are looking at this week, as as always. Well, should we should we take the break and, well, and finally yeah. talk about the DPPs because we've been putting it off? Oh, for... you know what? Let's do it. Let's so jump into DPPs. It's been and... 27 minutes, and it's what the people want. Well, okay, let's jump into the DPPs. Let me just say this. If you're looking at a premium who's averaging 100 plus and you've decided you want them in your team, trade them in. 
Tom Stewart, James Sicily, Jordan Dawson, whoever it is, trade them in. No issues from me. Agreed. Agreed. It's just, yep, yeah, a, a no frills decision. As long as it doesn't, make sure you're looking at your buy structure, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if they're, if they're averaging 100, then go for it, I guess. Like, I'm not going to stand here and tell you not to do that. Um, even if that player is Isaac Cumming or Hema Cluggage, just do it. Go for it. Do it. All right. Let's talk DPPs. Dual position players patch. Yes, we uh, have 21. 20, sure. I, had the, I had the number up before and I've dis, it's disappeared. Where's the number? <laughs> anyway, God, right, what? God, I, I, we're going to, um, I mean, I'm going to have to talk to the selection committee again, I think. Oh, geez. Oh, God. All right. Well, we're just going to go to the uh, most, um, most uh, um, relevant. <laughs> Billy Frampton uh, add, added. Defend, def, forward defense. He had a defense. I, <laughs> um, right. I'm fine. I'm fine. That was where you're supposed to cut me off and, and take over <laughs> and make it look like a clever bit. But anyway, Darcy I'm Cameron. I'm just watching a man have a breakdown. <laughs> you do that every week. Um, Darcy Cameron was given ruck eligibility to the surprise of no one. Ben Hobbs is now forward eligible, as is Isaac Smith. Mark Blitzarves, as he mentioned before, is ruck eligible. The sweet, sweet defensive ruck swing. Uh, the second best DPP behind midfield slash ruck in the game. Uh, Jason Hall Francis is now forward eligible if you still got him. Connor Rosie, like you can swing him into your midfield. Um, Jaden Short can be swung into midfield. Isaac Heaney can also do the same. Anthony Scott, Robbie McComb, if you've got either of them as uh, cash cows, uh, now forward mids. The Bont, Bailey Smith, Connor West, three titans of Supercoach, all mid-forward eligible. I'm really triggered with how you did that order <laughs> and, and how you didn't say everyone. So I'm going to go through for the draft players out there and name all the spuds that got DPP added. I look. I was. I wasn't going to waste people's time. No, that's fine. I'm going to throw it out there. You never know. Someone might be in a keeper league. They might go. Oh, that guy's on the waiver. I'll pick him up. So, Sam Berry was forward. Now forward mid. Tyler Brown was mid. Now mid forward. Isaac Smith was mid. Now mid forward. Adam Kennedy from GWS was mid. Now defense mid. Harry Perriman. You skipped Harry Perriman. He's relevant. Def- was defense. Now defense mid. Flynn Perez defense into defense mid. Ivan Soldo, Richmond, uh, ruck into ruck forward. Ollie Florent, mid into defense mid. Did you say Isaac Heaney? I did. Isaac Heaney, mid forward. Um, and Sam Petreski seaton defense, defense forward. And Jermaine Jones, defense, def- uh, forward to defense forward. Could you do that last one again, just to clarify? You stumbled over yourself. Threes. Jermaine Jones, um, defense forward. I know you have a cold, but... Goodness me. Pull yourself together, man. Maybe I'll need to talk <laughs> to the selection committee. I am the Senate. <laughs> um, yeah, Harry Perriman is actually, I didn't realize he'd been doing so well, but there he is doing so well. Uh, we had an in-depth discussion with him with uh, my counterpart last week. We did, which Tim I did Mitchell. listen to and I've already forgotten about um, because I have the memory of a goldfish. Can we move on? To, uh, to what we're doing with this new information about these new players that are DPP. Are we yeah. instantly going out and buying stonks in, in Connor West, well, Marcus Bontepelli and, and Bailey Smith? Like, are we are we doing that immediately? Like, is that what we're doing straight off the bat? Or are we, are we holding and, and going after their buy? Are we 
just not really changing our trade plans? Um, we, what what, what no. are we doing? Well, look, uh, let's talk about the fact that 877 players from Bulldogs are now forward eligible, thanks to the Bevo salad. God bless um, the salad. Bont, he he was probably slightly underwhelming. I mean, you'll still take a 96, but probably slightly underwhelming. Break-even of 122. He's probably one you can wait till after his buy. I know he has a huge ceiling, but and against Geelong, last three scores, 143, 122, and 96. But I think at his elevated price, you, you could hold off until, uh, until uh, he's had his buy. Bailey Smith is maybe a different story. Reason being... He's 30, 40K cheaper, 552K. His break-even's a lot lower, break-even of 65. I think it's a little bit of a blessing that he missed for coaches that didn't jump, that wanted to jump on him, that he missed um, because you're now going to get him cheap in the forward line and you're going to be able to uh, generate some cash off him, assuming he plays this week against Geelong. So I think he's definitely one. Uh, they're two players you definitely want in your side. I think... Bailey Smith is probably the priority just because of the lower price point. Yep, I think you might be right on the, the risk of him you know, disappearing out of sight. Um, if you're looking to bring someone in, he's certainly um, a very, very good option. Um, I'm, yeah, I don't know. The, are there any names that really jump out of that list who you're now interested in, um, who you weren't interested in beforehand? I, I quite like Mark Blissavs as, a, as an option with um, you know a few uh, very, very cheap, uh, rookies who have defense ruck for some reason eligibility um, that could be a very interesting way of swinging that if you're looking to pick up um, some ruck cover say you've got a Braden Proust and you're not convinced that he's best 22 um, maybe you go with Blissavs at 540k who you informed me has turned up seven games in a row uh, yeah I actually I misspoke it's one two three four five seven of the last eight he turned up and uh, the one he didn't was a 93. Did you lie to me in song, Lek Dog? I hate it when you do that. I hate uh, it when you do that. He's the number one number one ruckman at the moment. My only slight concern over him, and keep in mind I was laughed at on this podcast when he was about 100k cheaper a few weeks ago, um, about selecting him. Uh, he was 447k when I flagged him. Anyway, let's move well, on. We no, don't hold grudges here. No, uh, not at all. Is that... In about three weeks' time, um, what's his name? Segler? Is it Segler? Segler? Is that his name? Probably. Is, You're the one telling the story. <laughs> is set to return. I think that they will play him. I don't think that they will necessarily play him as the number one ruck. They might play him as a ruck forward, but I think he will come into the team and potentially impact Blitzav's scoring. But if you have a Dom... Akui, I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce his last name, or something like that at R3, or you wanted to go, as you said, Flynn down to an Akui or a Quay or whatever it is, and also bring in Blitzarves. Uh, I think there's some validity to that. There's certainly some validity to that. I imagine if you're doing that, though, Patch, you still are going to want to have a good R1 and R2 and be sitting Blitzarves in defense. Correct. That would be my assumption there as well. Um, unless you want to keep Hayes for the rest of the year. Uh, yeah, no, I, I can't see too many situations where that wouldn't be the case. Um, so, yes. Uh, are there any any other players that sort of jump out at you as uh, as now new selections? Um, not, not overly. Obviously, Harry Perryman I'm a fan of. 
averaging 97 this year, averaging 102 over the last five games, 107 over his last three. Uh, sorry, 104 over his last five games, 109 over his last three. He has been um, injected back into the midfield a fair chunk by Mark McVeigh. Um, it obviously, it was happening a bit before that as well, but he's certainly playing really well, and that's what he was always flagged as being a, a potential sort of really good midfielder. Um, you're still picking you, him in defense. Are you telling me the Giants took years and years to play a midfielder in their correct position? That's what I'm telling you. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. The so he he ran with Neil on the weekend uh, as like kind of a it wasn't a tag really it was kind of just a soft run with obviously yeah. Neil had thirty nine disposals. It's like your your running club kind of jog. Yeah, he went to him in the second half. I think it was. Um, he had twenty dis- two disposals in the midfield. Does his added midfield flexibility tempt me, Patch? Uh, like it adds like five percent appeal to him as a player just because. If you're adding a defender, you want him to be a, a finishing defender in your side. But during the buy rounds, he's not playing this week. He'll play. Wait, is he playing this week? No, he's yes. not playing this week. He's playing the following two weeks. You bring him in, gives you a bit of flex. There's some appeal, but it, it's not. It's not a sell enough of a selling point for me. No, uh, no, fair enough. I think they're they're about the only players that I'm intrigued by um, from that list. But it's uh, yeah, it certainly adds a little bit of spice. Um, to you know, to Supercoach and to what we're doing. Um, Billy Frampton, obviously, get him in. Didn't yeah, Darcy Cameron as well. Like, I mean, he still has appeal. Has averaged 107 over his last five, 104 over his last three, 93 against the Blues forward ruck. Obviously, there's a there's a clock against him, and that clock yep. is Brody Grundy's return. Yes, um, which it could be eight weeks away, it could be four weeks away. There's not, I'm not 100% sure on what the timeline is for Grundy, but in the meantime, he provides good good cover and good flex for you. Yeah, I think you missed the boat on uh, on our friend Darcy there. Um, one other player who people will look to bring in, um, they might have been scared off a little bit by the fact that he was returning from a long layoff, or they might have already traded him out of their sides. Timothy English, like dogs, scored 160 against the Ruckless key backless Eagles um, now averaging 128 for the season and crucially, excitingly for you, still less than 600K. I was going to say, still an option for me. mm, Do people bring him in at all costs with a break even of 55 coming up against the Blitz uh, in the ruck down at the Cattery? Or at, At, sorry, they're they're at Marvel. What am I talking about? At all costs? Uh... There's still something in my soul that's slightly hesitant, but having said that, I'm going to try and bring him into my side this week. Uh, that break even of 55, it's the same as or similar to Bazlenka Smith. He's going to be what's his price projected to jump to? His price is projected to jump from 597k up to 630k, up to 650k, and then peak at about 670. So, if you want Tim English in your team, it essentially has to be this week. So. Highly encourage bringing him in. in bringing him in. Yeah. Um, would you be averse to people bringing him in as an R two for a Pruce? I'm. I'm not against it personally. I understand that the theory is that rucks score more, so you should. If you have a ruck that's available in another position, you should sit them in that position to maximize opportunity to get ruckmen into your team. 
I find it hard to believe people have the cash to bring in both a Tim English and a Jared Witts or someone of that ilk at the same time. If you can, good on you. I have no issues with sitting him in the uh, in the ruck line. And then if something happens in the forward line, you just swing him up there and trade in another ruck later on. Yep, fair enough. And uh, I suppose just to, to be clear, um, we're getting towards the point of the season where you'd be trading in non-playing rookies to do that sort of swinging around. Um, you know, if you bring in a Blitzarves this week, I would not bring in the Domaquays, uh of the world until the buys are over or until yeah, you're 100%. confident of, of getting that, those 18 uh, warm bodies on the field. So just something to think about and keep in mind in case uh, you hadn't considered that. Yep. Totally agree. Um, if you wanted a, a cheap ish pairing with him to sit in your forward line, uh, Pete Laddams is one of the more traded in players so far this week. He scored 115 on the weekend without Tom Hickey in that side. Mm. Um I'm not uh, endorsing it. I'm I'm merely pointing it out there. I mm, I mean, when Tom Hickey was in the side, he uh, he didn't. He scored about much. six. Yeah. Yes. Didn't wasn't he tagging someone at some stage? Wasn't he like at one with... point he was running with Patrick Cripps in the Sydney Carlton game. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Um. Yes. No. I would. Uh. I would not advocate for that. He had the one thirteen on the weekend and the one sixty four in round six, but between. Those two scores, 85, 65, 57, 33. No, yep. thank you. Yeah, other than that, I like. I don't think there's any must trade-ins this week. Obviously, with the buyers being amidst the buyers, it's just make sure you can get 18 players on field if you're, if you're competing this week for rank or in league. Uh, if you're looking for some, some cheapies, I still think I suggested him on the podcast last week as well, Kadeen Coleman. Still has a pretty good role, but keep in mind he took a lot of the possessions that um, would have normally been Daniel Rich's, I would suggest. Yeah, and if you own Matt DeBoer in any draft or keeper leagues, just be aware that he will be going to the Hague and serving a long sentence. Um, just, yes. something, just something to keep in mind. Yeah, something to consider. Another player uh, I'm just looking through the, the highest trade-ins is the, just this is a cash cow that people are trading in this week is Sam Butler, uh, who has scores of 18, 49, and 46 so far. So that's sort of how desperate we are at the moment in Supercoach for Cash Cows, Patch. Yeah, it's bleak. It's bleak viewing. Um, I, yeah, not legally allowed to advocate for Mitch Owens, but once again, repeat that hypothetically, if Dog wasn't giving me the death stare, um, I would advocate bringing him in to my side. All right. I think unless you've got anything else to cover, Patch, uh, it's just go well and live long and prosper. Yep, and don't make Jack Carroll the sub or send Matt DeBoer to Danny Rich because both things will make everyone very upset. So if you don't do any of those things, community, uh, you'll be right. I, w- I meant to put this at the start of the pod, but if you are listening still, because um, we're starting to attract the attention of some some sponsors and whatnot, which is fine, and it goes into a beer fund for the boys, um, uh, leave a, a, a rating and a comment on the podcast on whatever platform you listen to, because they do actually check those check those out before they decide they like us or not. So if you do listen and you enjoy the 40 minutes plus another podcast, about 80 minutes a week of audio plus articles, you know, pretty much every day, um, go ahead and, and drop a comment and a, and a rating on whatever your podcast platform of choice is. Please. Yes, please do. 
Please Even if do. it's a negative one. I'll, you know what? Positive or negative, we'll start reading them out. So yeah. there's some incentive for you. There you go. We'll read the funniest reviews out. How about that? Yeah, that's good. That's good. You know, I won't read like hate speech. No, no, that would be that would be awful. Unless it's hate speech against Mark McVeigh, in which case we'll consider it. No, we condone it. We actually condone that on the podcast. Yeah, we've got a third second, like a third <laughs> podcast for the hate speech against Mark McVeigh. Anyway, we're rambling. Get me out uh, of here. Shut me up. Go Blues. Go, oh, go the buys. <laughs>